You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tell me I look good today. Like, like buy me flowers. I like a candle too. Like, I don't like. Welcome to the Miseducate podcast. My name is Sarah Gathugu, host and owner of the Miseducate blog and now podcast. This podcast is here to expand upon prior and future blog posts and is centered around having open and honest conversations about the aspects of life we have been misinformed on. Whether that be relationships, religion, culture, you name it, I'm here to talk about it. Each episode, I will be talking about a different topic and inviting guests to talk about their own experiences of miseducation and what they are doing to re-educate themselves. This podcast aims to make you laugh, think, and inspire conversations for change. None of us have it right. We have all been miseducated. This episode is all about the Prince Charming affair and the high expectations placed on men by society, culture, and women. If you've read a few pieces on my blog, you'll know I've written a bit about this phenomena, but I've never thought to see it from the men's perspective. And so I invited my friends, Jared, Tatenda, Josh, and Aaron, to talk about their opinions and experiences of the Prince Charming effect. I should clarify, this is representative of one particular experience, as I am talking to four Christian cishet men. Additionally, to accommodate our various locations, this interview took place and was recorded over Zoom. So please excuse the bad audio. But without further ado, let's get into it. But yeah. So firstly, can you guys please introduce yourselves probably one at a time? I'll probably say who's who first and then you can like introduce yourselves. I don't know if there's if you guys want to like give your social media handles or anything like that, just just so people that can like hear your voice and identify who's talking at what time. Um, so Aaron, you're on my screen first. So would you like to introduce yourself? Got you. So I'm Aaron. Um, I am 21 years old and I currently live in Pennsylvania, but I'm from the U.S. Virgin Islands. 
um, social media handles. My Instagram is, you know, complicated, but, you know, it's at KVNG underscore C-X-L-T-X-R-E underscore V-I. Um, on Facebook, it's Aaron Nikki. I'm Josh Morefield. Uh, my Instagram handle, my personal Instagram is Morefield Media. And then my business, uh, I run a photography, videography business. So you can check that out at Morefield Moments. And yeah, I'm a college student um, here in PA as well, Pennsylvania. Yeah, so I'm Jared. I am 20 years old, a junior in college in Pennsylvania and in Philly specifically. And I study sociology there. My Instagram handle is just my name. Um, so Jared period Elters period Dempsey. Um, same thing on Facebook as well. Hey, um, uh, my name's Tatenda. Um <laughs> but like everyone did so well and I'm like, um, what do I say? Um <laughs> so yeah, um my name's Tatenda. Um I'm currently working as a storyteller um at an insight and engagement uh, agency. And my Instagram is Tatendamanzara underscore. So that's T-A-T-E-N-D-A. M U N Z A R A underscore. Like that's my full name. That's my government name. That's it. There you go. <laughs> that's really it. I've asked these guys on. They're all like my friends. I've known them either from working at a summer camp together or from my church back home. And I've asked them all to come on because I'm really intrigued about the Prince Charming effect. So I've done a lot of research into it. I've done numerous blog posts, which you can read about on the miseducateblog.com. Check it out. But the Prince Charming effect has always been kind of stated from a women's perspective. And so I was challenged by my mentor, Sophia, shout out to Sophia, um, to look at it from a different perspective and to look at it from the kind of men's perspective. So... Firstly, just before I ask you guys the questions, just to kind of remind you guys what the Prince Charming effect or the Prince Charming trope or stereotype is, is that it's a stereotypical perfect male composed of qualities taken from books, movies and fairy tales. It is the unrealistic and idealistic representation of men in romantic media which leads to similar unrealistic and idealistic beliefs in women that lead to lessened relationship satisfaction. So the first question is, what do you understand of the Prince Charming effect? I feel like now that you said like the full definition and it's like glory, I'm like, damn, okay. So that's what we've been suffering from all these years. Got you, got you. <laughs> I don't know like if anyone else can like relate, but like, you know, you're like, oh, okay. So I wasn't ugly. It's just the Prince Charming effect. Got you, got you, got you, got you, got you. So, yeah. <laughs> I think it has, it's a big topic. And uh, me and Sarah have spoken about this on uh, a separate occasion about toxic masculinity. And I feel like there's like underlining um, notes of this somewhere along the lines. Um, so it'd be interesting to hear what other people have to say about this. Um, uh, but I think overall it has had, for me, I can only say like it's had a, uh, I would say like a, an interesting impact upon my life. Yeah, I can jump in next there. It's interesting because I am not familiar with the Prince Charming effect, at least prior to just coming to talk with y'all about it. So, yeah, I've really heard the opposite, maybe as far as like cultural norms in America about 
a lot of women would just say like, oh, all men are trash or like all men are dogs, all men are this. So it's like the complete antithesis of the Prince Charming effect. So I wonder if that is not just the antithesis, but the result of people or not people, but women having these this Prince Charming trope in their mind about men and realizing that men realistically can't fulfill it. So that makes them all not good, if that makes sense. So that's a possibility. But yeah, I'm just like not super familiar with it. So it's interesting that, yeah, I'll be, yeah, we'll be able to talk about it and I'll be able to learn some more about it myself. I guess when I think about it, I think about like, not necessarily looks or like relationship wise. Um, Well, relationship wise in the sense of like, um, who takes control, who is going to be able to be independent, who is going to meet like the breadwinner and everything. Um, I'm not sure if I'm on the right track, um, but like it makes you think like in society, men men are supposed to be the breadwinners. Men are supposed to be the protectors. Um, but I guess like coming from a single parent household where my mother ran things, it was kind of, it's kind of weird to think about like men being in charge Um and society not accepting women who are in charge and who are the breadwinners and who are out there protecting. Um, so if that is a part of what the Prince Charming effect talks about, um, definitely something I'm interested in. Yeah. I think just like after Sarah, after you giving that, um, uh, that breakdown of what it is, it's very lengthy, very weighty and very formal. So like, excuse me, anyone that's listening, if I'm in, like, I'm not formal and I've, I've talked with slang or whatever, because like, I'm just trying to, like be raw and ex- like express what I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying? What I'm thinking. But yeah, I mean, like, I think there's just a, whenever I think of it, I think it comes down to just like there being all these expectations um, that we grab from what we see. So whether that's Disney movies, that's TV, that's whatever films, that's what maybe our, our faith teachers put on us. Like there's all these expectations that we build up our whole lives and then it gets to time to where we're having these relationships. And that's how I see it. It's just like, boom, okay, this person's trash or this person is trash. And it's like, nah, that's just because you haven't, you, you've set some bar for them. That's unrealistic and not, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, bro, how you, you trying to fit them in a box that was, they were never meant to fit in. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, yeah. So I don't know. That's what I think of when I, when I think of it, I mean, am I on the right track, Sarah? Like, am I on my nutty saying all that? <laughs> I think I really enjoyed what, all of you guys are saying I think definitely to tend it does fit in with a lot of toxic masculinity and kind of like the traits there because a lot of the people that women are supposed to idealize if you think about like fairy tales and you have Prince Charming obviously from Cinderella and stuff like that these these characters kind of like fell in love with one kind of visual aspect of a woman and then if we have like more modern examples, obviously a couple of years ago, okay, not a couple, it was like a decade ago, all like girls were obsessed with like Twilight and like Team Jacob, Team Edward, that whole thing. And then now more recently, people are coming out and saying like, actually, no, those traits are very toxic. And you're constantly, I'm constantly having to pick up on a lot of things that like my cousins my younger cousins are saying and what they're seeing because I'm like I don't want you to think that this is the standard that you should look towards because there are men that are not like this this is a character like this isn't even a person this is a character I like that and I also liked what you said Jared about like kind of like introducing the polarization of it's either your prince charming or your trash so I think that's interesting to like explore 
explore that further as we go on with the conversation. But my next question is, what do you think women expect from you as men when it comes to dating? I mean, I think it's an evangelical circle, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, as I, everybody on here is a born again Christian, like, I think, I mean, at least from my experience, it's always been like, men are the ones to pursue, men are the ones to do this, that, and the third, or like, you know, men are the, the head or the leader or all that kind of stuff, which I'm, I think when it comes to stuff like that, like I do believe in the, um, a divine purpose in having the two separate genders. I do believe in, you know, uh, but that's not to say that they can't be fluid in a sense of men can, men can do this and it's not bad and women can do this and it's not bad. You know what I'm saying? First of all, I just want to say, Josh, thank you so much for uh, breaking it down. Because when I heard Jared pull out the word antithesis, I can't even say antithesis. Did I say it right? I was like, Whoa. I was like, this thing, you know, you're in the wrong room with the wrong people. I was like, no. I was like, okay, let's let's see how we work this one out. I was like, okay, cool. So I'm glad that Josh, you're just like, nah, guys, let's just let's just break it down a bit. Because sorry, Jared, Jared, too smart for me. Sorry, you know, the league. I remember it. <laughs> no, 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 I keep bringing it. That's your vibe. We love to see it. Um, but with that being said, I think like um, if we're talking about faith and all that kind of stuff, I think like I'll speak for myself um, in the sense that I am very pro um, the interchanging of roles, if that makes sense, in the sense like what Aaron was talking about, like sometimes that you don't have a father figure in the house or you don't have a mother figure in the house. So things have to move and things have to be flexible in that sense. And for me, like I've, I was raised part, a part of my life was raised with just women around me. I had a great grandma, a grandmother, three aunts, no, two, well, three aunts technically, and then one cousin that was a girl, and they were all women. And I was like, well, so having a house that was able to function with women and without men, I was like, so they can do whatever, like the men could do and probably do it better, you know what I mean? It's in some cases, you know what I mean? So you're like, right, okay. So with that being said, now like bringing this like whole Prince Charming effect into it, I'm like, what is it for me like now I'm kind of like what is it that I can bring to the table I can't bring um six foot because I'm not six foot I'm really really sorry but we can make fun of all the people that talk you hear me together you hear me I don't know like I just feel like um I've learned that at my disadvantages or the things I do not have or do not uh, fit aka the box I make light of the box you know what I mean I draw circles around the box and I think for me like um knowing realizing there's a lot of like gender swapping in the sense like um the roles and like the sensibilities of a man and a woman um I found it really hard because I have a lot of male figures around me that would kind of disagree and butt heads with me like oh yeah no why should I I would personally I do it to kind of uh, like jeer people on but I'm like why should I have to pursue if you're not going to tell me like I'm like I'm like sometimes I want to be pursued tell me I look good today like like buy me flowers I like a candle too like I don't like (laughs) like for me I like I'm like you like we're doing equal rights I will stand with you we're gonna go in solidarity we're gonna get you your like your pay gap but as soon as that's done I need you to bring me flowers because I like them too I like a rose I like chocolate you feel me what's good like like, please like Like, wash my feet. Like, come on, stop fucking with me. That part. That literally. Like, for me, I'm like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do equality. Because I'm going to for it. 
let's do it even in like the like the way our household or the way men yeah. and women see each other. Like, tell me I look good too. Like, right? Tell me, you know what I mean? So I don't know. That's yeah. just me anyway. <laughs> Dang man, that's it right there. That's that's every that's listen. You said a lot right there that I resonated with. So I feel you, bro. I think expectations. A lot of them do definitely come out of like, yeah. What is the stereotypical gender roles of our society say that we need to do as men? Um, like men, yeah. We talked about it before. Like breadwinners, they got to be pursuers. They got to be the one to be chivalrous or whatever. Like I got to open your door for you. I'm bringing you flowers. I'm bringing you chocolate. I'm telling you, you look great. I'm paying for the meal at dinner. Um, yeah, but it's just interesting because I don't think relationships should work like that. And I don't think that's really healthy in relationships because if one person is expected to fulfill all these roles and another person is expected to fulfill all these other separate roles, where do you ever come together? You know what I mean? So I think relationships need to be based off of compromise, but not just compromise, but like coming together and doing things together. So yeah, I think there's just a lot of cultural things that just don't make sense to me. I think, yeah men should be just as, you know, have just as much ability to like, for example, have off for work when they're having a child, just like women do. Like women get maternity leave, for example, like they get to be at home with the kid, the men be at work. And it's like, Oh, you got to be the breadwinner. Cause you're the dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but even like outside of like the family setting, just like expecting like the guy, like one thing that I feel about personally, and it's not like, cause I'm in a financial like straight or anything, but like, we're going out and we agree to go on a date together like why why aren't we splitting the bill you know what i mean like oh yeah it, it's yeah, a kind cool. gesture for me to like come and say like yeah i want to like i want to i want to buy you dinner i want to do this for you but like it says a lot i think about a woman who's like nah i actually want to contribute to this this event as well i want to contribute to you know this what we're doing right now it's not just like i think there's so much of a standard and this is like this should encapsulate all of what i'm saying there's so much of a standard for men to like yeah lay out like a red carpet and like a silver platter and like do everything for the women and the women are just expected to receive whatever they're given. Um, and I think that's problematic on both sides. And I think women have a lot to offer. Um, and there's a lot of things that men like are on the, the receiving end of that aren't really like warranted. So, um, yeah, I would, I would love to see things be more equal, not just in like how we delegate roles, but also just how we like treat each other as like, yeah, partners and relationships. Yeah, and it definitely makes it hard to, like, live up to a standard when the standard is higher for men than for women. Um, Like, of course, we talk about women not getting enough, but I feel like sometimes too much pressure is put on men. Um, Even if we talk about biblically, I just want to know why why this certain wording. I, we could talk about the times of the Bible and, and say, oh, it was that was the custom in the time. But I forget the scripture. There's a scripture that says, like, if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. Um. Mm. And it's turned into basically, if a man doesn't work, his family doesn't eat. But what does the Bible say about if a woman doesn't work? Like, that's very ambiguous. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know how we come past something like that and say, like, there's both a standard for men and women to be co- like equal in cohabitation, equal mm-hmm. in the same rights in a relationship. And not just that the man has to, you know, provide. And if he doesn't provide, then the entire family is doomed. What happens when he can't provide? Like, what what role does a woman take up then? Or does she only take up that role when he can't provide? Or do they both have the same standard, whether or not one of them can, you know? And while I guess we talked about a lot of about, about the gaps in this bridge. But like, for those of you out there listening, 
like I think a big thing for if you're in one of these relationships and there's all these rocky things because of um, because of these expectations or whatever, because of cultural or the society, everything like that. You feel me? Part of bridging like that gap is communication. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, I thought like and having like humility when you say this and and like respect for your partner, whoever and saying like, OK, I see this like these are the expectations that I have had. And you know what I mean? And, and talking about it on both ends, you feel me, whether it's the woman or the man and it's saying both of those things because like, okay, you, you're able to realize it now you see it, or maybe you're not like, listen to your partner when they're pointing those things out. You feel me? Because like, again, it's, it's nice to point out that, that gap, but like, how can we bridge that? You feel me through open communication? Like we're having now, you know what I'm saying? No, definitely have to agree with that. I wanted to come back to what was said about being pursued because it seems like there's a lot of hallelujahs in the background. It seems like you guys want to be pursued. So I think, especially in a Christian context, because as you guys have noted and said, men, Christian men are the ones that are supposed to pursue. So in your opinion, who should pursue? Either, both. What does the good word say? (laughs) What I'm saying is I need to find the scripture. And need to read it in several versions, including the Amplified, as to when it says the man pursues the woman only. I just want to know when that part is. So I'm with Josh. It's just about how you feel, I think, personally. I'm with you. Um, I think this kind of gets into like the topic of culture around dating. And I think these days, it's a little less common for there to be like direct pursuit because there's this quote unquote talking phase that we have now. Um, and just like you, you can be in a relationship that like slowly fades from platonic or even like strangers to like kind of like not knowing where you are between platonic and relationship. It's like a situation ship. And you're like, dang, I didn't like necessarily pursue you, pursue you hard, but you didn't like pursue me, pursue me hard. And we're just like now in this weird space. You know what I mean? Um, So in some ways that can be, if you're not communicating well, that can be like difficult, but in other ways, that's like a great opportunity for you to like share in that like pursuing process. Like, you know, we're growing together and in a relationship doesn't necessarily have to be like a romantic way, but we're growing in a relationship together and there's no like emphasis on like me as the man or the man in any situation to like say like, yeah, I would like to get to know you better how can I like put myself in a position to talk to you or to like take you on a date or to do this um, rather than just being like, yo, we're just talking, we're just chilling, we're just friends. Yeah. I guess I'm a big proponent of like being good friends with someone before you start dating them, because then you can go through that process of getting to know them as a person and friendships don't work that way. Like, it's not like, Oh, if I'm, if I'm a guy, it's like, yep, I have to pursue all my friendships myself. You know what I mean? Cause like that doesn't, it doesn't work like that. If there are two guys like pursuing each other in a friendship, it's not like, weird that's just like how it works if two girls like are pursuing each other in a friendship it's like not weird but when it's a guy pursuing a girl or a girl pursuing a guy it's like oh shoot this isn't normal y'all this can't be like this can't be normalized we have to like figure out a way to separate that and you talked about that sarah like not even having like people encourage you to talk to guys or like not even knowing what that's like so i think it's interesting that our culture has moved in like a direction towards like being more ambiguous, but also like allowing for there to be less of an, like of a defined effort from men to like have to initiate everything and allowing it to be more gradual. Um, I think, yeah, without communication, that can be really dangerous, but with communication, I think that allows for the process to be more smooth and shows us a like 
yeah, women can do just as much of the pursuing as men do. Yeah, um, who pursues? That's that's a good question because like I'm an introvert. Um, so and I've met other introverts and I'm like, all right, so how is this gonna work? Like, <laughs> you know, um, like something's gonna have to give. But like like Jared was talking about in friendships, like when I first came to to college here, um, and I first got into like female um friendships. The first person who came to me, y'all know her, Siobhan, and she was just more outgoing than me. It wasn't that we were like, oh, we're going to, you know, I'm going to try to be her friend or she's going to try to be my friend. She was like outgoing and she was there. She didn't know me. She opened my door and was like, sat on my bed. It was like, what's up? We're going to be friends. And I was like, all right, cool. That's you. That's your prerogative. Um, and I just think the one who is more most outgoing um, usually does the pursuing, but it's 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 just strange to think about different cultures too, because the Bible doesn't like, if we're still talking biblically too, it doesn't necessarily like cut off the possibility of culture getting in there. So um, I think about relationships in India where, you know, men, women are promised to men or like, you know, arrange relationships and, and, and the way that things go and trying to respect that culture at the same time. Um, and I guess the order, having an order to pursuing is kind of helpful sometimes because then you don't have to worry about, oh, we just going to like, you know, chill until something gives or whatever. Um, but at the same time, it could be restrictive too. So it's, I, I don't know the balance between that, you know? I think like you said something really interesting there, but like, I think, um, especially about like the whole biblical standpoint. I think like for me, like I'm a big word person. I'm a bit of a word nerd. So I like, I like to know the meaning of certain things. So I Googled what the word pursue and it means to follow or chase something or someone. So that means there's an indication that there's something or someone who is further along the way, or you are running after someone, if that makes sense. And that person is either intentionally trying to make space or isn't where you are. Um, And I'm just reminded like how like Adam, like, came to know Eve it's like he woke up oh boom you're right here kind of thing I don't know I just feel like I, maybe it's the word maybe it's my perception of the word but I think like when people are saying oh this person has to pursue me this person has to pursue me I have a lot of sisters that go have you pursued me though have you pursued me and I'm like but baby girl you don't even talk to me so like how am I or like you're not even in like like you don't even put signs up to be like hey like I'm available. I'm not saying tell everyone that you're single and you need to like start mingling. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is put on indicators. I'm like, I'm not going to start like chasing after something that clearly doesn't want to be chased. You know what I mean? Or, you know, it's things like that. And like, when it comes to like being like introvert, like I may like one people, some people may be like introverted extroverts. So they're really like extroverted on the inside, but like it takes a while for them to like be a bit more sociable, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I think like, like even like the synonyms of like to pursue is to hound, to go after, like I'm not hunting for a girl. Those days are long and gone. <laughs> I'm going to find someone who's around me if they like me. And I think like, I think I'm only speaking from my own like experience and like the last re- like relationship question mark. And I think this goes back to the whole like texting and not knowing where you're going. Um, I didn't, on our first day, I didn't get, I didn't ask her out. She asked me out. And I was like, Hmm, I kind of like this one. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay, you can stick around. You know what I mean? Like, and I think it's because it wasn't like this big, like, would you like to go on a date? And he was like, 
you know what, right, we should go. I'm like, actually, you know, that's a good idea. Let's do it. And then I made the, like, they offered them an invitation. And then I was like, you know what, right, I'm into this. Let's let's work this out. And then I do my bit by, like, planning everything or, like, making sure we get there on time or this, that, and the other, you know what I mean? And I think it's, like, that little, like, that tension between the push and pull, like, the, um, that bridge that um Josh was talking about earlier. But, yeah, I think, like, the word pursue kind of bugs me off because I think, like, women are now sitting there and I feel like maybe this is a problem that a lot of Cinderella's, quote unquote, are waiting for the man to knock on the door with a glass slipper. But he's like, what am I going to do with the shoes? What am I actually going to do with the shoe? Like, that's not like he's going to try on every single like, I don't know. I just think like we can't keep putting this amount of pressure for someone to pursue when you've like run out of the entire building and you're nowhere to be found ever again. Kind of thing like Cinderella, help us out. Kind of you know what I mean like help us out tell us you're a size two then i know where to look you know what i mean like well this kind of stuff help us out that's what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, I, I feel what you're saying and i'm trying not to get lost in my thoughts because there was a few points um i wanted to talk about but like kind of looking at that idea i always ask why like why why is it that like is it the culture the culture of the society around women that look down on them if they're extra bubbly or extroverted trying to pursue a man you know, why does the culture look down on them? But also like, um, I'm, I'm not a woman. I, I can speak for myself, but I think part of me that was always hesitant to pursue somebody was because like, I'm scared of rejection. I'm sure just as much as women are. So like, why are you forcing men to constant, like you said, like some sisters are like, boom, like you're not pursuing me. So like, or have you pursued this person? Like, why are y'all scared to get, we're, y'all scared of rejection just as much as us. So know that it is a weighty matter and have some kind of grace. You feel me? Like, I feel like it, the, the standard is so it's like, it's unfair. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, at the end of the day, I mean, in my personal experience, I was, why I never pursue different people. I was scared of rejection in the same way that I've talked to some sisters or, you know, like, and they're like, yeah, like, I don't want to see what's up. And then him be like, nah, like I'm not pretty enough, whatever. In the same way that we're like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, show me some kind of signs, like, see what's up. Like, you just want me to run after you and stuff like that. And then just for, for you to like dodge me, like I'm good on that. Like my pride is real too. You know what I'm saying? Like the, my pride can be hurt just as much as yours. You feel me? Yeah. I don't know. So that, like you were saying, like the, when you put context to that word, like chasing somebody down for what them to turn around and say no. And then it's like, I just, you know what I did to get here? You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. But I feel it's even hard to like, like, of course it's not a race, but I just want to know sometimes if we're walking at the same pace, you know, like yeah. sometimes you look over and again, like you want to pursue somebody and you're afraid of rejection and everything. And you're looking for a sign, like even a smile, like, like, look at me, look at my way, you know, don't look past me. Just so like, just let me know that I'm like on the right track or something. Um, Cause you're not ahead of me. We're right next to each other. We're looking at each other, but you look like you're looking past me. So I just need a sign so I could know if I'm on the right track. Are we running or like walking at the same pace? Like, and like the crazy thing is um, if we look at certain things such as like dating and stuff like that, um, like there's a difference between saying, let me, like, would you go with me? and let me take you like like i heard um Tatendis talk something about um like going out and it's just crazy because like sometimes we just look at it as the responsibility goes with the person who asked the per- other person first 
But I think it goes with the wording too. Sometimes if you say, would you go with me? There's less of a strain of like, hey, I'm going to have to pay. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to do that. Um, but if you say, let me take you, it, it literally means you're going to take me and you're going to pay for me and you're going to like, you're going to wine and dine me. Like, <laughs> that's just what you just signed up for. I don't care if you're yes, a woman. Aaron. <laughs> yes, Aaron. I'm, I'm going to hold you. I'm going to be like, Aaron told me that if you tell me you want to take me out, I'm not going to pay for anything. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> Have it on the record. <laughs> and it's spoken. Yo, I think y'all hit on a lot of good points. And I think it makes me think a lot about how, and I, to tend to you, I'm glad you gave us the, the dictionary like definition of pursue. Cause it just makes me think of like, where is the agency for the women? Um, and it, even if you think about these actual like fairy tale stories, it's just like ladies like sitting in their palaces, like doing whatever they're doing. They're actively not chasing a guy at all, but then expecting one just to show up. You know what I mean? So it's like, why do you get to like sit there and just like do nothing and then like have everything like end happily ever after for you? Like, how does that actually work in the real world? Uh, spoiler, it does not. So it's just <laughs> like, how do you, how do you like expect to like do nothing and get the results that you want? Um, mm. and, I, and if I can say this, like in my experience with like, and I've had like, like sisters tell me this and just, confess that like yeah i'm just like super indecisive like i don't even know what i want like not just in terms of relationships but like they don't know where they want to get food they don't know like what they want to do like even on going on dates like you'll ask like a like a lady like hey well like what do you want to do and they're like i don't know just, whatever you want to do and then it's like where's your agency like where, are you gonna meet me in the middle like are we gonna do you want to watch this movie like don't tell me like it doesn't matter because then you're gonna be upset when it really does matter you know what i mean so i just really love when um, when just ladies realize like, yeah, there's a, there's like agency on their part as well. Like there's an aspect of their relationship that also requires not just for them to be reactive, but to be proactive, that they should be taking some of the first steps. So I really like, yeah, like Tatendo was saying, like that girl said, yeah, like, let's, let's do something. Um, Cause if you're just like sitting around and waiting for your Prince Charming to come and like sweep you off your feet, it's like, you know, how is that, like, how are you expecting that to come if you're not doing anything proactively to get there or to even be in a situation to, like, meet that guy? So we've kind of discussed that women have expectations of men for you to be the breadwinners and for you to kind of, like, be the provider and stuff like that. What other expectations do you think have been put on men by women, by society, let's say? Um, I'm just gonna go out, go out and just say it. Um, looks or appearances or this yeah. image that um, women have in their heads because it's different for every woman what they expect their dream person to be because of whatever it is, um, whatever their prince charming is. I know some people are like, yeah, no, he needs to be a man of God, but still kind of trapped and hood. And I'm like, so <laughs> after he's finished trapping, he goes to church. I don't get it like always like oh yeah no he needs to be like in the gym but not like too like muscular like I don't want him to be too muscular but like I want him to like like he, like he's a bit of a man and I'm like okay and then and then there's so many things I can list off I have like so many sisters like no he needs to be this I'm like okay great but he also needs to be that I'm like they ha are building like they're like build a boyfriend like build a man like taking the best clips of what they've seen from tv and what they think is great and actually, you know what, right? Once the person, let's say, has the like the inward character, like, okay, wait, great person. But the outside doesn't look good. So you're a brother's own, which is fine because attraction is important. But then when does the line stop? And 
And I think like it's one of those, I think men a lot of times are like shut down for the whole like, like how we, like our expectations of what women should look like. But there's also a very thick expectation of what men should look like for women as well. And I, I don't know, like, I don't know if you guys experienced that. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's just something that I found very interesting um, throughout my time and growing up and stuff. And I think it's changed over the years. Um, because like, if we talk about Disney and Prince Charming, um, all them Donnies are white until like Tiana gets in the building, like <laughs> all, all in a way. And they're all basically the same guy. I don't know if anyone noticed. They're the same character, just white in different like princess uniforms. You know what I mean? And that's it. And so like, and if we take it out like into like real life, it was like the girls that did like, cause I, I grew up in like a, pretty like diverse area but like there was still like a predominant like white population and so all the white guys obviously were the biscuit the like the, the top cheese you know what I mean and then when you finally get to the girls that do like the uh, black guys they're like mm, actually like especially like I don't know Sarah you can like uh hit me up on this and I think I don't know what it's like in the US but like around like the 2000 like from 2004 to like 2000 like maybe 12 was in it was all about like oh I want him to be light skin oh I want him to like mixed race it's, like and people started fetishizing like like light skin men and women. And it was like, if you don't fit the bill, and I was like, maybe I don't fit that bill. So what are we gonna do? You know what I mean? And so again, like even when I finally got like, yes, they like black people. Oh, actually, no, I'm too dark to fit like, you know, like the brown paper bag, like I'm too dark to fit that as well. So it was like one of those. I don't know what your experiences have been on looks in general, because we are like all different looking human beings, but yeah. I don't know. I always say looks fade, you know what I'm saying? And it's a shame that so many people will like, when they're first trying to get to know somebody, it's like, oh, I'm not even going to give them a chance because they're not tall enough. They're not muscular enough. They're not this and that. And it's like, yo, like, shawty, that's going to change. You feel me? Like 20 years, my man's probably going to have some big belly and like, there's nothing wrong with big bellies. You feel me? So y'all out there that, that, you know what I'm saying? You're not the most physically fit. Like there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame, but it's like, it's so sad. Like, even at a younger age, like I remember being in middle school and girls be like, nah, like I would never see what's up with him. Like he's too chunky or whatever, this, that, and the third, or like even, um, I don't know, just like, I mean, if y'all go look at my handles, like y'all see, I got a busky beard. You feel me? Like I have long hair and like, like girls in middle school, high school would be like, nah, you too hairy. You feel me? And it's just like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. It's just like, you really, you're, you're, you're making a judgment by how I look, but if you really got to know me, you would like, you know what I'm saying? It would be a different story. So I think it's a shame that like we have these so like hard, solid, like construct things. that's like, nah, just by how they look, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I don't know. It's, it's a shame that our culture, our society has done that to us. And we really don't get to know the, the content of someone's character like that. Why is that not like in the Disney movies and all the stuff like that? Like get to know a person, like hear a person be like, like, I don't know, just, I think there's, there's so much beauty in that, like hearing and knowing somebody that like, it's so, it's so sad. Even I have younger sisters to hear them talk about, like, you know, I'm not saying that we should just throw somebody's looks out the window, but they're like, oh, this guy's fine. This person's fine. This person's fine. And I'm like, yeah, but like, what about their character? Like, what about how they would treat you? What about, you know, all these different things. And it's just like, why don't we glorify those things? Because those are the things that really matter. You know what I mean? Like we've got so many things flip-flops. It's so sad, but yeah, like I think that's definitely to bring it back around. Like that's something that I've seen 
or experienced in my life that like, yeah, those are those standards that are held up to men. Looks is definitely a big thing. I think another one would be like <clears throat> emotions and like how you handle emotion. Yeah. I know like growing up in a Caribbean household, like Caribbean men are not supposed to like be any aggressor in any sense. If a woman like hits you, if a woman cusses at you, you go outside and go for a walk. Cause the minute that you don't, um, then you are a woman abuser or like you are a, you are the official aggressor, no matter who started it. Um, and I think like thinking like that makes men get so like detached from emotions. And I think that's exactly why some men, it's so easy for them in cultures to like step out of relationships or be in like 20 different relationships with people because they live in a culture where they've been so detached from feeling emotions with one person or like from being expressive of any feelings um, because they've been um, physically, emotionally, verbally abused that they can just like be numb and and just go go along with whoever and not give anybody their full like inner, you know, emotional self. Um, so definitely the standard on not feeling um, that's just what's well, so Yeah, for sure, bro. I think, yeah, looks is a huge one. I think, yeah, like you were saying, emotions are also a huge one. One thing that comes to mind for me is also just like financial stability. Like I've definitely heard women say like, oh, you live with your mom? Yeah, no way. Or like, oh, you don't even have your own car? Like, nah, that this this can't work. Like you can't, you can't take me nowhere. Where are we going to go? You know what I mean? Like there's just very like, very like things, things that don't matter. Like about like Josh was saying, like the content of someone's character is so much more than all these preferences. And I think it's extremely important to really like check your preferences at the door and see what they say about you. Because I think our preferences and the people or the, you know, people have their standards of like, Oh, this is my list of the qualities that this person needs to have. And those preferences say a lot more about you than they will ever say about the person that you're potentially pursuing. Cause they're saying, all right, so what am I insecure about? And how does this person make up for it? Or like, yeah, how is this person going to like meet an unrealistic, unrealistic standard that I'm like expecting them to live up to that like ends up showing the world that like I am shallow in this area. And I don't mean that to say like, you know, anyone's standards are off, but I think just taking like a real in-depth look at yourself based off of how you look at other people really shows you like, dang, like this Prince Charming effect or the way that I'm trying to perceive these men is not really going to get me that far at the end of the day. So yeah, it's just extremely important to like look at um, just these different things that we use to exclude people from our like list of preferences. Um, Tatende was talking about like colorism. That's like a huge one or just like looking at like people's like skin color. Like I know a lot of people were like, oh, I come from like a Nigerian family. So I got to marry Nigeria or my parents are going to like disown me. You know what I mean? Just like crazy stuff like that. So there's a lot of cultural aspects. There's like economic aspects. But at the end of the day, I think that relationships should solely be based off of two individuals, like being able to find union with each other, like not two different credit scores or not, not like two different like people on a scale from one to 10 in beauty, not two different people that, you know, are you able to like be extremely funny? You know what I mean? Like how well are you able to come together? And like, are you able to like maintain a healthy relationship being together as one? So um, yeah, we add a lot of like external factors that really don't matter in that equation. So it just makes things more complicated and it just, yeah, it stops a lot of people from really being in situations, leaving them to end up being lonely in the, in the long run. That's a lot right there. I think like, 
like as you were speaking i'm just like reminded of like the amount of conversations i've had with like different like sisters like in the faith and just like how many times i have to be like no but like i know you like you okay you like the chocolate man but like question what if you could find someone who's not black who could still treat you just as good as you would like want you know what i mean i'm like because okay he's black but he could be the worst human being on the planet and you could be married to like a crazy person no I mean, okay, I wouldn't want crazy. I'm like, yeah, no, I'd hope you wouldn't want crazy. But like, does that go through your mind? Does that register like, okay, I mean, and then I feel like what you're saying, like, I'm just reminded of like this whole black love. I am here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. But at what detriment will it cost you for you to like wait out for that black man that's not going to show up? Or like, or like, maybe like, also, I just feel like sometimes it's just like, just be prayerful about it. Like, and I think like what Josh was saying, like it, like the color, the, the beauty all fades. At the end of the day, it's what's inside. And like, if we're women and men of God, uh, discernment should be a thing. So you should be discer- you should be more so discerning of spirit or discerning of someone's heart and their intentions, you know what I mean? And what that looks like. And be like, not like what, similar to what like Jared was talking about, like, what is, what does, uh, what does the preferences say about you? What are you saying about yourself with the person that you're choosing? Because that's who you're choosing to literally be yoked with for the rest of your life. And that's who you're choosing to literally become one with, intertwining with this person for like those people like in faith and wanting to get married. Who do you choose to like intertwine yourself with? And it's not fleshly, like we're talking about spiritual. So they can be looking like a pretty 10 little cute thing on the outside, but like, what is their spiritual life saying? What is their spiritual heart? What is their disposition? How do they know the Lord? Like, and I mean, like, not like, oh, I go to church, like, does the Lord intimately know them like the way Moses would go up to the mountain and come down shining? Like, do they radiate God's glory in that sense? You know what I mean? I think that's what should be important. Like, like if you want to know the true actions of the true heart of someone, just watch them without interacting with them for a while and you will know what they're like, the way they treat people. How do people feel after that person's left the room? Because that's so important because I'm not. it's not necessarily because like they're out here, like, I guess like, pandering to the world but like how someone is how someone leaves the room and leaves other people feeling is so important and I think that's something that you would then like see okay hopefully they'll do that for me in in our relationship and that's what you should be thinking about instead of those pictures would look so good together though the kids would look great and you're like you could pray that through you know you're like god don't make this child an ugly one don't make an ugly one that's it pray fast together you mean like I don't know I just I don't know like I think like with all this that's being said, it's just making me like like think about like the whole Disney trope and like even in that like these most of these princesses were like stuck under this oppression and this like like almost like lack of freedom and then they finally get that bit of freedom and it's straight into a man's arms. So what we're we saying that men should do or be for that woman in general, like oh I've gone through such a hard time, life has been hard, let me latch on into a man okay, great. He thinks I'm great. That's great. Now we get married. That's all like, now let's get together. Cause like he thinks I'm pretty or he thinks I'm, you know what I mean? Like he sees something like superficial and it's just sad to think like we've been setting young people up, older people up for failure with the like concoction of true love and happily ever after. Yeah. It's, it's mad. Yeah, bro. When you were speaking, yeah. And I'm so glad you brought this up. It made me really think about like God and like how we view God and the standards that he sets his character um, and I don't, I don't think it's a mistake that um, ladies who have had like great father figures in their life, like tend to base the men that they will date off of those father figures. 
Um, and praise God if you've had those father figures, like praise God if you haven't. Um, but just like, I think that's a good indicator of what a good father is meant to show their daughter and meant to show like young ladies is that if a, if a man is not going to treat you the way that I've treated you, then he is not like, yeah, he should not be with you. If he's not going to love for you and care for you and sacrifice for you, like I have as your father, then he shouldn't be taking care of you for the rest of your life. You feel me? So that really makes me think of like, yeah, if we really, and this goes both ways, if men and women really measured their potential partners um, against the characteristics, characteristics of God rather than the characteristics that culture puts in front of them, like how much different would this dating process be? How much different would the questions be that you ask when you like had your first date? Like how much different would you, how would you pray different about this person? You know what I mean? Like some people, some people will pray like Tatendo was saying, like, I just want a chocolate man, Lord, like let him be cute. Let his teeth be straight. You know what I mean? But like, we should really be praying for like, Lord, I pray that like this man or woman has a tender heart. I pray that they like desire to serve you. I pray that like their calling on their life is going to align with my calling in a divine way that blesses your kingdom even more. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's just interesting that we really do have it all flipped. Like Josh said, like we're focused on things that really don't matter, but we have a, such a great father with great qualities. And if we really look to allow those qualities to be shown through our potential partners, I think we'll find a lot more success and we'll be less prone to be let down by our, our crazy standards. Yeah, where your treasures are, your heart will follow. You know what I'm saying? And if we put, if we treasure the things of the kingdom and that's on the Father's heart, and, you know, and if we're listening to, you know, the the, the leading of the Holy Spirit, I, like, I think, I just think about all the time, like, how much different would our, I'll say, I guess, in the sense of, like, evangelical born-again Christians, like, how much more would our lives be? How much more change would we uh, show to the world. You know what I'm saying? Like if we're, if we're living these lives governed by the spirit and, and, and putting treasure to, to what God values, you know what I'm saying? Like if we value what he truly valued, and if we try to put on those characteristics, like our heart would then follow and people would change and hearts would change. You know what I mean? Cycles would be broken. Like this is, and, and I think a lot of, a lot of the things, the issues that we're kind of talking about are so influenced by like, what's around us. You know what I mean? And like, I know me, like myself, like I grew up, you know, not with parents that were so involved in my life. Now I'm 21. Like both my parents are dead. And it's like, you know, where do I, where am I learning these things from? Because you know what I mean? Or even when they were alive, like, it's like, if they weren't showing me a good example, like, what am I supposed to follow? And it's just like, you know, the blind leading the blind, you feel me? And it's just like, well, I guess I'm going to have to learn from my mistakes or learn from other people's mistakes and just hope and pray that the people that are in proximity that are around are showing me quote unquote, the right thing to do. You get what I'm saying? It's just like, like you see, you do what you see, you know what I mean? And unfortunately around that's, we see a bunch of crap. So we do a bunch of crap, but we can, we can just hope for the best. You know what I'm saying? When, when it comes to the future. I'm so glad that Josh brought up cycles because it's like, um, I feel that's basically where a lot of us are. Um, and a lot of us who are seeking out relationships where um, we want to be saved, we want someone to come to our rescue. Some people are just experiencing hurt and have been hurt for a very long time um, to a point where before they can be able to be in a healthy relationship with anyone, someone, some deliverance needs to take place. Some... Mm. I want a relationship with myself first needs to like be a mindset that someone comes to. Cause like 
a lot of us are so focused on getting with somebody else to fill some gap in our life that we haven't seek like a whole relationship with ourselves to mend that brokenness that we might have experienced as a child. Um, like me, um, I don't I don't necessarily know how a functional, you know, typical household goes with like a, a husband and a wife um, and two parents in the household caring for one. Um, but I had to not focus on the fact that I didn't have that. I had to heal from that and then move on to why do I love myself? Does this make me not love myself anymore? Where am I falling short in my love for myself? Because if I can't love myself, I surely can't love someone else. And I can't treat someone else with dignity in a relationship. And that's just period. Like I can, I can fantasize. I can make you feel good. I can make you feel like I do want you and that we're in love. But at the same time, there's always going to be some void. If I don't have that love for myself, I'm going to put a higher expectation on you to make me feel that because I can't do it for myself. So I'm not trying to make you feel this way, but it just turns out that this responsibility is more on you because I can't do it for myself. And sometimes we go into relationships and not realize something like this. Um, and it's not spiteful. So I don't think anyone's to blame, but um, definitely we don't only wrestle against like culture. Like we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principality. It's not just about the culture and the grain of the culture, but against, you know, our hurts are all those things that's trying to come and bite us back from, um, from general generational curses, um, cycles from your family, you know? Um, I'm going to flip the question on its head now and say, what do you think men expect from women? Because I think the whole, the whole purpose of this conversation has been looking from obviously men's point of view and how women kind of view men and kind of giving your opinions and your guys' reactions. But now how are men taught to view women? What is it that men are supposed to expect from women from a partner? That's such a good question. I, I love this question. It, it's something I'm very interested in. And just like I've, I've been talking to a lot of like sisters and a lot of like female friends that I have. Um, and it's just, it's really sad to hear that the burden that they carry and how they feel they are. Yeah. Really just being like shoved into boxes or trying to be put into, yeah, to fit certain standards that are just so unrealistic. Um, I think for women, it's, I know we talked about looks for men. It's probably like tenfold for women. Um, like just thinking about all they have to go through, like, where it be like makeup or cosmetic appearance and like, you know, just so many different aspects that go into a woman's appearance. And I think that goes back to that, that pursuit aspect of like, okay, like if a guy is going to like chase after me, then like I have to look a certain way to like bring him towards me. You know what I mean? Um, this might be corny, but like peacocks, for example, like the male peacock, it like brings out its feathers are like real bright and beautiful. And that brings the females toward them, towards them. And that makes sense. But like, we we've taken that way too far and it sh and it's not like a a one-way street either like obviously attraction brings people together for for different reasons but it's it's such a crippling thing for women um in so many aspects um it, it whether it be like in in communities of color where we're talking about like uh black ladies where like yeah like ladies are saying like oh yeah he didn't like me because i was like too dark for him or like just didn't just different things like that ladies are just like struggling with so much of that um, even if I can say it just in this like over like sexualized world with like pornography and just like 
just things becoming like even more like available to people and just like the stuff that you see is getting like even more like explicit it's just like the world that we live in really like objectifies women so much um so like i think a lot of women and i, I can't speak for them but from what i've heard from women it's just like you are stuck almost like i can't even get past like trying to make my appearance seem as if it's enough for a guy let alone like working on myself in other ways and uh I've like come to hear that that's extremely exhausting. Um, like you can get really lost in like that, that arena of just feeling like, all right, how can I like continue to make myself look more like this Instagram picture or look more like this, this pretty girl or this, that, and the third. And how can I like seek that, that approval from people? Um, and that's just like, that's, I can't imagine what that is like, but from what I've heard, it just seems like it's, it's unbelievably difficult to balance that. And then also try to even think about the other things that, would hopefully make someone a good partner. How can I say? I think, let me start with like this. I think women in general have been devalued or are so undervalued in general um, that they need to acquire things to make themselves more um, appealing. They're essentially commodities. So you have to think of it, think of it like this. Um, in some cultures, um, it is the done thing for like when someone's about to get married, they it's a bride price so you like back in the back in the olden days it would be like you know, cattle farmland whatever it may be now in modern context like in particular like african asian households it'll be money and how much are they worth and so if the uh, woman has accomplished things um like getting a degree that's more money or has a specific kind of job that's more money or um their virginity has become a commodity for that you know what i mean and it's like all these things and so um I think now as men, a lot of us are wired to acquiring the best bits or what has more value, if that makes sense. And it depends where you put your value. And for example, like a great figure is like another like like penny for you. Like, oh yeah, she's got that as well. And oh, she's got this as well. And she can cook. Oh great, that's another commodity. But like, if you think about it, like that's a basic human need to either like make food for yourself to survive. And it's now seen like this big thing like oh, okay now she has more value to her because she knows how to like feed and satisfy her her herself her family more so than even herself her family and even like if you think about like families like is she fertile is she not and there's a certain deadline for those kind of things and it's like i think there's a lot of pressure for the woman to be valuable and that value is unfortunately at the behest of men um, I think women are put in a box to where I guess they're they're usually required by society to um to put their success aside, to like put their success on the back burner and focus on what is best for my family and what's best for their husband. You know, like some women are so smart and will never be a lawyer because they gave up school to take care of a child so the father could go to school. Or like and I just think of it still in a colonial mindset. Um, during slavery, we could think of when um, men were free and when did women start to actually experience freedom. If we think of like voting rights, when did men start to vote versus when did women um, get that right? When did the women's suffrage movement um, take place? And then we move forward to even it like colonization still exists in relationships today to a point where um, women are thought of, of as like housewives um like no you don't go out and make no bread you don't go out and be successful you can't be more successful than me and i think that idea is kind of stupid like like 
success doesn't have a gender. Success shouldn't have um, a face of a man or a deep tone of a man. Um, success should have equality everywhere. It shouldn't just have like um, this man's face in a movement. You know what I mean? So I, I think it's just very stringent on that path, you know? Yeah, I just echo every everything that everybody else has already said. Like, I feel like, you know, it's, we can go in these cycles, uh, you know, all day and all night about like, you know, these standards that we set, whether it's looks, whether it's income, whatever, like whatever kind of status, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, like, is she outgoing enough? Is she hospitable? You know what I'm saying? Like, all those are real things. I mean, I always speak of things in a, from a like heavy, again, like Christian standpoint, because I was you know, raised in the church. And that's, I don't, I don't, I haven't listened to many people outside of the body of Christ. I don't seek for like wisdom and guidance outside of the body of Christ. So within that, um, I know that like around me, it's just been, yeah, is she hospitable? Like, will she welcome people into the home? Will she be loving and caring and gentle and prayerful and all those things, which are all healthy, godly things. But I think, you know, where the problems, you know, where the problem is when it's like, that is the only thing she is supposed to do. That is the limitation of her being, you know what I mean? And that's not it at all. She, she wasn't an individual. She was, you know, made in the image of God, just as much as me, you know, Imago day, like she was just as much human as me before I came into her life. You know what I'm saying? She was still going somewhere before I came into her life. And I think that's important to to recognize on, on, um, both sides, whether that's the man or the woman. And again, like, I think it, it always, I mean, for me personally, it always comes back to like this communication. It's like, we need to have these conversations. Everything is good in moderation. So, you know, those traits that, that maybe, or those expectations that are on women, um, again, I think they can be healthy, but they can be very hurtful. And I think it's important as men, as society, as culture that we realize and we recognize yeah, like I'm actually me pushing this agenda so much is very hurtful, very damaging. And, um, you know, I think it just comes down to self-awareness, you know what I mean? On both ends. Just as we're drawing to a close, I'm going to ask probably quite a personal question um, and just say, do you find yourself holding these expectations over women if you can give an example, but have you ever how found yourself holding these expectations over women and what have you done to, or what are you doing to kind of call yourself out and hold yourself accountable? Yeah, I can take this one first. Um, yeah. So one thing for me, this goes back to the preferences because everything I said about checking your preferences at the door is like what I had to do for myself. Um, and I had a, a preference at one point in time that I was like, I'm pretty cool. Like I, I'm pretty open about who I'll date, but I was like, I have like a slight, I don't know what the opposite of preference is, but like a this preference, I don't know. Um, like I would prefer to not date um, like white women. Um, and I was like, I really had to like think about that. And someone challenged me to question it. And I was like, yeah, it's not just like, I just only like a certain type of woman. It's like, I only do not prefer a certain type of woman. I was like, that's really weird. Like I'll, I'll date like a, a lady from, from India, you know, anywhere, like really like a, a Spanish lady, like anything like that. Um, but I was like, white woman is just like out for a point in time. I was like, nah, they just don't do it for me, bro. Um, and that's, that's toxic, bro. I'm, I'm calling myself out there. That's not, that's, that's, that says something about me right there. 
Um, and actually, and this is, this might get deep, but like I had to look into like my own identity and think why that is. And I realized it's because me being like biracial and me being like half, like half white and half black, I was always challenged as a kid. Like, Oh, what are you? Like, are you white or are you black? Like, what, what do you feel like you're more of? Um, I grew up like probably more culturally black. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I guess I would consider myself black. And there's like a, a pretty strong, or at least I had been accustomed to a pretty strong stigma of, oh, like black men who like date white women are sellouts. Like, oh, like there's all these beautiful black women. Like you can't find a good black woman. You had to like go inside with, you know, the side of the oppressor, if you will. Um, but I was like, dang, I guess you're right. And I, I've seen how like black men who date white women who are with white women have been chastised like even to this day um like Patrick Mahomes he's like a national football league player he like just won the Super Bowl his girlfriend is white and people have like come at him he's he's half white himself and he like still gets cooked for like not finding like a beautiful black woman and that like I mean I love that black well that black love idea too like I stand that that's beautiful um but it's like yeah I mean what's what's wrong with the alternative like why is the alternative such a bad thing um, and I had to realize, like, yeah, I just didn't want other people to look at me a certain way. I didn't want people to look at my relationship and be like, ah, that right there, you're a sellout because you you chose to to be with this girl over all of these other types of girls. And at the end of the day, nah, like, you're not dating her. I am. Like, you're not in this relationship. Like, this has nothing to do with you. So, like, at the end of the day, like, if I'm, like, deciding to be in this, this relationship with this person and we have agreed to be in this relationship, then, like, it doesn't have to... It doesn't have to involve you. And it also does not have to be in line with what you think I should be doing. So I got two. Um, the first one is that like, okay, in my past, I have women who have pursued me. Um, and I wasn't able to receive that well. Cause like culturally, when a woman pursues you, my in my culture, that's that can be seen as a little, you know, promiscuous. Um, so that is kind of a bias I've had. Um and I have to deal with, I have dealt with it. But like, when I would see a woman come after me, I would be like, oh, she's doing that to a lot of people, isn't she? And like, um, I wouldn't be able to, that would be an immediate turnoff. And I couldn't have a relationship with her because of that, which is stupid, <laughs> which is why I had to come over that. But now I think one of the main things I have, um, and I don't know if this is bad or not. Um, and forgive me for using the term power couple, but I feel like if, um, if we're going to be a power couple, there needs to be power on both sides. So I want a woman who is going to be as powerful as me, as innovative as me. I want to govern with my wife. Like, I don't want to be the ruler and she could be my first lady and, you know, handmaid or whatever. We're going to rule together. We're going to, like, <laughs> both have power. I And that's why, like, I just have this thing for powerful women nowadays. Um because that's what I want for my life. You know, I want us to be able to have equal power and, you know, be a power couple. I think I've had a few over the years, but I think like one I kind of mentioned before, but that was like due to like the kind of era we were going into um, as like black people um, with the whole like self-hating and like the whole um, colorism thing. And I only remember, I only realized, um, I had this preference or I had been expelling this preference when I'd come out of it and my brother was saying it and I said, hold up, mate. So um, I think it was, I think we were talking, like it was a music video or something. And then Jennifer Hudson came on and then Josh said, like my younger brother, he said something really interesting. He was like, oh, like um, 
she's really pretty for a dark skinned girl. I said, you, I was like, what? I was like, pretty, period. We stop it. We, and I had to explain, I was like, this is why it's offensive. We don't say it like that because of this, that, and the other. And then I realized I couldn't even fight him. I just had to educate him because I was like, I probably said that to him. And I probably like, he probably saw it from somewhere else. And now I have to like undo what either I had done, which I'm sure I had uh, absentmindedly, but also what society had been telling him. Because later on, he had the same thing happen to him. Like, oh, you're really good looking for a black And he's like, Ugh. That was my last question. Thank you, guys. Honestly, thank you guys so much for doing this. This has been really a great conversation, really enlightening. I've written so many notes. Um, I really, really appreciate you guys. Thank you for having us. My pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having all of us. Yeah, great to be here. Appreciate it. Definitely. Thank you. Well, (laughs) that was a very interesting conversation. I don't know about you guys, but there were a lot of things that stood out to me, things that I agreed with, things that I didn't agree with. It's interesting because we recorded this in November of last year. And so every time that I've listened to it since then, which has been like at least three times now, just because of editing and stuff like that, I've realized that there are different things that I pick up and that there are different things that I'm like, oh, that stand out to me. And I'm like, mm, I never thought of it that way. And there are also things that stand out to me. And I'm like, mm, I have to argue against, but, you know, to each their own. Um, I think the things that stood out to me this time is kind of like the importance of communication. This idea of the polarization of men, you know, either trash or charming. Uh, the expectations of men, which, as Tatenda has pointed out, kind of underline these notions of toxic masculinity, uh, competition between men. I think as I was listening to the conversation, something that has continuously stood out to me since the recording of this interview is that I couldn't help but recognize the lack of perspectives and how, although these are four men from different walks of life, they all have a lot of different similarities because, as I said in the beginning, they are for Christian cishet men. Um, I think it would have been really interesting to see from different perspectives as well. Um, and that's something that I do want to do, including from women as well. So, yeah, do you think that would be a good idea? Let me know by following Miss Educate on Instagram. And also let me know, do you believe in this polarization of men thing? Do you think that men can only be trash or charming? Again, let me know by following me on social media. The handle is miss.educate. And let me know the next topic that you want to hear about. Also, don't forget to catch up on blog posts at miseducateblog.com and add your email to the subscription list so that you don't miss out on new posts. Check out the description for resources referenced in this episode and continue to watch, read, listen, educate, and then re-educate yourselves. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you again to the guys for being on the show. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you to Tender. Thank you, Josh. And thank you, Jared. And make sure to rate, review and share this podcast with a friend. And tune in next time for another discussion on the Miss Educate podcast. Peace out.
know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.